You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer. This is episode 17. Welcome to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm super excited to have my friend Andy Williams here today. Um, Andy is an amazing innkeeper, innkeeper, that's not a word. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) Innkeeper and um, farmer, and she has a beautiful spot that I was lucky enough to spend my birthday weekend at. And she's turning it into an amazing spiritual retreat center. So welcome, Andy. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about you and what you do so everybody can get to know you. Sure. So um, as Melody said, I am a farmer um, and innkeeper. Um, I own Rhino Acres, which is a farm stay and retreat space in uh, Sampson County, North Carolina. And um, as she mentioned, uh, she came here for her birthday weekend with, um, with some of her girlfriends, and um, we just had a blast that weekend. <laughs> I think, like, I literally don't think that it felt like work at all that entire weekend, which is, like, how it should be, and more of that, please, universe. <laughs> um, but it was, it was so much fun, and um, essentially... Um, just kind of redefined for me or um, reminded me why I'm doing what I'm doing, right? So uh, that was really cool. But yeah, so Rhino Acres, it's about 17 acres um, of goat farm. <laughs> I farm goat. I have goats. I raise goats and donkeys and horses. Um, I have a couple of pigs and a rabbit and some chickens as well. And um, we have, um, I'm just really passionate about the farm to table movement. And so this whole thing kind of started because I was like, well, what were my favorite things about like growing up on a farm and um, about like, you know, being in this kind of agricultural community. And um, I think it was just like time spent around the table and like what, and I mean, I love food, so um, (laughs) that's probably a big part of it, too, Um, but I was also just, like, the most memorable times of my life kind of started with, like, um, sitting around a table and the conversations that we would have, and, um, you know, the food plays a big role in that, the people play a big role in that, and the, the space plays a big role in that, and I wanted to bring that to the masses, so that's kind of where Rhino Acres was born. Yeah, it's such a beautiful vision, and if you guys ever get an opportunity to go there, it's such a beautiful space, but the house is gorgeous and, like, historic and super, like, you can just feel, like, love in those bones of that house, so. Aww. (laughs) And no ghosts, right? Yeah, Let's just clarify that for for the Wait, I thought you said there was a ghost. At some point, at one point there was. Um, <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny whether she's still here. But. Yeah, let me quickly clarify. We did not encounter said ghost. We just heard stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's a 250-year-old house. Um, so, uh, you know, you would imagine that there's some stories in these walls. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's been kind of a passion project and it's finally at the point now where it's kind of ready to share with the world. Um, and so, um, 
you know, you guys, you guys were lucky. You kind of came here kind of in the middle of the transformation. Mm -hmm. Um, so you'll have a really good, like before and after (laughs) experience to share. Um, because I'm sure you'll be here again very soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come back. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, for sure. got to go play with baby goats. I know. Oh, and they're growing so fast. So, like, get on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so what's up? <laughs> so let's backtrack a little sure. bit how you got to where you are now. So how did sure. the heck did you end up on in a farm in County? North Carolina? <laughs> Yeah, um, actually, it's kind of a funny story. I wasn't always a farmer. Um, we're definitely not an innkeeper. Um, and I was actually, if we went back four years today, I was living in Boston, and um, I was working downtown in, well, in Back Bay, um, for a large insurance company in their legal department. <clears throat> and my life looked completely different (laughs) from what it looks like today um and you know if you had told me that I'd be farming and living in North Carolina four years from that day I would have probably like laughed at you um because that was like so far off my radar that you know it just seemed crazy but um my dad was actually um trying to start this little goat farm in New York State and he had farmed my whole childhood um, I grew up in South Africa, and um, the, the 90s, 80s and 90s in South Africa was a very tumultuous place mm. um, as the government was changing, and, um, you know, there were some really important things that had to happen in that country, and um, some very old and, and outdated notions um, that were persisting, and um, unfortunately, big change like that often comes with a lot of violence. Um, mm. And so um, we, we were targeted um, a couple of times uh, through my dad's business and also on our farm. Um, white farmers in South Africa were having a lot of um, farm attacks against them. Um, there was kind of a, a movement to kill the boar, which translates to kill the farmer. Um, and, uh, we, we, and many, many, many of the people we knew actually suffered under that and continue to suffer under that today. Um, so anyway, so when my dad got a chance to take a job off the farm and, um, uh, moved to New York city, um, he, or moved to the New York city office of that company, uh, he took it and we ended up moving to New York when I was from New Jersey, right outside New York city when I was 14. Um, and that kind of really shaped who I am (laughs) as a person. Um, cause like being 14 is weird enough. Right. And then you add being from a different country and moving to like a really small school system, um, in the suburbs, you know? Um, so it was just, it was a really interesting transition and, um, you know, kind of, I made the point right away to really embrace, um, American life and embrace American culture um, to the detriment of things like my accent because <laughs> um, I don't sound South African anymore. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, and um, you know, it was one of those things where like I had a funny haircut and I had um, a funny accent 
And I was kind of awkward, you know, who's not awkward at 14. So the, <laughs> exactly, right? so the easiest thing to change and to, so to fit in more was the accent, right? Um, Cause the hair took a while to grow out and, and all that stuff. And so I just wanted to fit in. So anyway, so I watched a lot of 90210 and <laughs> um, tried to emulate how they were talking. <laughs> and so I became this little like New Jersey girl with this California accent. Um, yeah, so that was wild. Um, but anyway, um, so I, you know, I started working as like a project manager, e-learning like manager. Um, I ended up getting a master's in t uh, educational technology uh, from Boise State University. And I just like really dove into kind of the human development side of things, right? Um, like what does it take for people to change habits? What does it take for people to change, um, you know, their, uh, the way they view the world, um, you know, how they differentiate between right and wrong. Um, so that was kind of the focus of my learning and development work. Um, so like, you know, four years ago, working in learning and development within the legal department at, at, at this insurance company, I was just like, not, farming was so far from my radar, right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, my dad was starting this little farm in New York, and he had, um, you know, gotten back into it after all the years working in New York City, and um, he was just loving it and, and just relishing being back in that world. And I would go on the weekends and, like, hang out at the farm and help him muck stalls or trim goat hooves or you know, do some of the chores that he had to do. And like, it was just magical. And I started kind of um, just thinking about like, someday I would like to have something like this, right? Like someday I would like to have a little farm and have some goats and maybe some cows and because I love cows and maybe a horse or two. And, you know, um, kind of sending as Abram Hicks would call it rocks of desire, right? Mm -hmm. For that. Um, but it was a long ways off and I usually had gray hair, like in my vision. So like I wasn't, it wasn't something that was imminent by any means. Um, and then in March of 2015, my dad died really, really unexpectedly. And, um, it was, it was literally out of the blue. It was very traumatic. Um, the, the circumstances of his death were traumatic. Uh, the aftermath was traumatic. And it kind of shook my families to the core. Um, but the thing that kind of was constant throughout all of that was that the goats needed care. And um, that they, you know, the farm had to go on. Um, and so um, I ended up spending every weekend for that first year after he died driving from Boston to New York. To farm. Wow. Yeah, so that was fun. It was like five hours each way. Um, Good Lord. Oh but it gave me, well, yeah, it's a hike, but it gave me like a lot of time to think um, about what I was doing with my life. And I realized like now in retrospect um, that I was just kind of, um, I was just kind of floating along mm -hmm. for a big chunk of my life. Like I did the master's degree and I, I got the promotions at work and I did all that stuff. I kind of, I was professionally single. That's how I like to call it um, for like a good chunk of the last 10 years. And, 
you know, if there was someone who was on my radar, like I pursued short-term relationships, but nothing serious, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it gave me a lot of time to think about what I was doing with my life and like whether that was really what I wanted. And um, I think by about August, so about six months into that whole ordeal, um, my mom said, you know, um, your dad and I looked at this farm in North Carolina um, as a retirement property, and would you want to go take a look at it? And I said, yeah, that sounds good. I haven't been to North Carolina in a long time, <laughs> you know, so like that would be cool. And so we came down here, it was August, and it, you know, you live here. August in North Carolina is miserable. Um, <laughs> it's so hot. Don't live here. It is <laughs> sweltering humidity. Just oh my goodness, yeah. And like you're over by the beach, so like you still have that sea breeze um, a little bit of the time. Down, up here, about 45 minutes north of where you are, like, there's no breeze in August. <laughs> if there is a breeze in August, it's probably a tropical storm or a hurricane, so yeah, let get out of the true. way, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, so we pulled into this driveway, and um, I looked at the house, and I was just mesmerized right away. And, like, you could barely see the house because the garden, the yard was so overgrown, <laughs> but um it was just this massive old farmhouse and I was looking at the front door um which I later learned is the original front door from 250 years ago oh, but that's wow, a whole different really? story mm -hmm. yeah so I was looking at the front door and I was seeing women walking into the into the house and I it was so vivid that I almost said to my mom like do you see like who are those women right um and uh and then i saw these like giant beautiful blue monarch butterflies coming out of the front door and um not to get like too wooey <laughs> on this but like i knew i was having a vision and i knew and that was kind of like when i heard um when i heard god's call for me the first time right like when i clearly heard like this is this is your this is my plan for you, right? That's awesome. And so yeah, it was a very powerful moment and I have chills right now, like just thinking about it. Um but yeah, so we toured around the farm. Couldn't really see much because it's so <laughs> overgrown, but um, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day when the owner said, you know, would you be interested in pursuing this, I without hesitating said yes. Um and then, like, reality kind of set in, right? Because, <laughs> um, like, I'm not a farmer, and I hadn't planned to, like, purchase property or do any of that stuff. So, like, my finances wasn't necessarily what it needed to be in order to make this work. I wasn't a business owner. Like, I wasn't entrepreneurial um, in, in that sense. Like, I couldn't really see how that all would work. But I went back to Boston, and I kind of sat on the, the decision – for a while and I, I actually told my roommate at the time like literally the day I got back I was like look um, there's a really good chance that next year sometime I'm gonna move to the to the farm 
and do this. And she was like, well, that's great. Cause I'm thinking about doing an MBA in Australia. And I was like, Oh, good. You know? <laughs> so at least we'll break our lease together. You know? So, um, you know, so we kind of like both were secretly rooting for each other and, um, you know, holding the vision for each other. And, um, you know, I didn't tell anyone at work up until my review, my final review the next year, which was like in January or February. And I was about to tell my boss, like give her my two weeks notice. And she said to me, you know, um, I know you've been like thinking about doing this farm thing. Um, and I said, how do you know that? And she's, she's like, I don't know. I just had a, a hunch. And I said, okay. And she said, so, you know, we, we've been talking and would you want to work remotely? Oh, wow. And I said, wait, what? <laughs> like that was so out of the blue because we, um, we don't do that at our company. Like that wasn't even a thing yet. Um, and I mean, it came with its own challenges, but I was literally the first in my entire global department to work remotely. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So that was awesome. Um, and frightening, but anyway, so by, by April of that year, I was on the farm full time and, um, you know, just cutting open fence lines and trimming trees and bushes and, and renovating the house, which is a whole different story <laughs> for another <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, let me just tell you, when you start digging into 250 years of, um, occupancy, you will find a lot of things that will test your definition of humanity. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, uh, it's been incredible. Um, just the stuff I learned about myself and the stuff I learned about the history of this area and, um, you know, my history and my goal from the start was just to restore this place to what it once was, um, which is a really beautiful, huge manor house and um, that vision, but I had that vision of women coming here and transforming kind of the entire time and throughout it all. And um, in August of last year, I kind of had like a crisis of faith because I had started this business and um, to try and kind of supplement income. And it was my dad's business that I kind of rekindled um, after his death, because he had like an established customer list as a goat hauling or livestock transportation business. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to rekindle it because he had these like this rabbit following of customers that were just constantly like, we love your dad. Are you going to do this? You know, there was a huge need. Um, you know, we just want to support your family and anything you guys are doing what are you going to do? Are you going to do this? And so finally I was like, I got a truck, I got a trailer. I know how to drive. Like I can do this long story short about a year later, closed the doors on that business for good. <laughs> um, it was not for me. Um, and it came with a whole host of kind of like, you know, mindset issues too about closing it and, um, you know, what I did to my dad's reputation, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, um, I it would kind of came as like a wake up call for the fact that I was kind of trying to, to delay this dream, right? Mm -hmm. This dream of doing this like farm stay and retreat business. And, 
um, just like going all in on it. And so the second I made that decision that this is it, like I'm not dilly dallying anymore, I'm not messing around anymore. Um, it just started happening, <laughs> which is really, really cool and um, kind of frightening at the same time because I was like, oh, you know, it's real now. Um, but yeah, like I held that vision and um, we're at this stage now where we're booking about, um, so we'll finish the full transformation of the space or the full renovation probably this summer. Um, and so, yeah, I know it's been three long years. Um, but at the same time, like I said, 250 years worth of, um, occupancy to undo, you know? um, so it'll be done this summer and, you know, just, there's, we're getting to the fun part of decorating and stuff now. So that's, um, that's been good. And, um, yeah, we're like at the point now where we're starting to book out for the end of this year and, um, you know, early next year and stuff. And so it's it's getting really exciting now and it's the vision is all kind of coming together which is awesome that's exciting yeah yeah i'm stoked so what did that look like that decision making process of like okay i'm finally going for this like what helped you in that space honestly yeah um like just being so broke and heartbroken over how everything ended with the other business that I was, I started looking for a reason, right? Like financially broke. Yeah, sure. Cause that business costs a lot of money. Um, my dad would call it tuition money, right? <laughs> Cause it has had as many like lessons as it did. Um, you know, anything else. Um, but it was literally like I was broke and I needed to figure out why, um, because, you know, I still had that full-time income. Um, so arguably like I, I, I had a bunch of like money stories about, yeah, I make money and like, how come I can't pay my bills, you know? And, mm -hmm. um, so I, but then I was like, no, there's something at work here and I really need to look at it and figure out what it is. So I'm actually invested in mindset coaching and uh, that was a huge game changer for me. Um, we started looking at kind of the, the beliefs that I held that told me, like, I couldn't just make a living from farming, right? I couldn't mm -hmm. just make a living from having a farm-based business. Um, and I couldn't, um, you know, I, I would never make money because that was not something that my family did. You know, that was another mm -hmm. one. Um, or I would always have so much debt because that's like the way it is for farmers, right? Farmers live off debt was another one. Um, and like, I'm not really a farmer cause I, you know, just decided to be one one day. <laughs> like I had to pay my dues, quote unquote. So I had all these stories that were just like dumb, <laughs> you know, in the end, like I, I think about them now and I'm just like, gosh, who was that person I thought all those things like how much did she hate herself you know mm. um but I you know I started really doing the work on that and I think that that's when you know I started going really deep and I have to say that like it looked it started out as a crisis of faith like it started out as me 
looking literally in the field on my knees, screaming at God, saying, you brought me here. I left my life and came here, and now look at me. And just being so broken and so Mm -hmm. wrecked and saying, you know, what is the purpose of this? What was the point of all this? Um, And from that, like, really broken place – I was able to kind of reconstruct who I really am. Like I tore off all of the different kind of layers of things that I've been told and that I started believing because of my experience, you know, and just rebuilt the person God was asking me to be. Um, And uh, yeah, like almost a year later, I am in a much different place. Um, I am no longer kind of focused on what I don't have, but just kind of looking at what I do have, you know, every day. And Mm -hmm. as I'm looking at it, it's multiplying, which is amazing. Um, So yeah, it just all really kind of started with that moment of truth and like having to look at my life and really consider, you know, if this is what I wanted, like why, if this is what I wanted, why wasn't I pursuing it? You know? Yeah. That, that's great. Yeah, it's funny. I was just thinking about that same thing today about how our limiting beliefs and our blocks kind of can become our identity and we mm-hmm. don't even notice it. Mm-hmm. Like for so long, you can just tell yourself, oh, I'm bad at this or I'm, I don't do that because I'm not me when it's not necessarily you. That's right. just a thing that you've built into your life and you think it's part of your DNA now and it's not. Right. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's amazing how, but it's also amazing how quickly you can strip off those things, right? Mm-hmm. Like as you start thinking about them, some of them you can literally just like decide, I don't believe that. <laughs> and then you don't believe it because it's not true, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, but it all starts with the decision to take a look inside. Yeah, it is amazing. As soon as you decide, you make that decision that mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to make this happen. It, things, something shifts spiritually or whatever yep. you believe, like something shifts. Yep, you know? absolutely. Um, absolutely. So what kind of, everybody has one, at least most everybody I've talked to, what is your morning practice or routine like that kind of gets you started for the day? Ooh, I like that question. I was just thinking about this this morning um, and how I like don't remember the, who this person, like I didn't realize this was happening, right? <laughs> but like today, I'm like, who am I? <laughs> um, so I wake up early um, and for non-farmers, it's probably like really, really early, um, but it's kind of late by farming standards, I guess. Um, <laughs> but I wake up around 6, 6.30 most mornings, and um, my fir- very, very first thing that I do in the morning is um, I pray, and I just pray over my day. Um, and, you know, some people are triggered by the idea of prayer. It could be just meditation, um, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so I pray over my day over my loved ones, over my flock, um, literally just pray for guidance and clarity. And then I meditate for about 20 minutes. Um, and I actually, um, I, I take my supplements and do, you know, that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. I'll usually, I'll try to work out for like 
30 minutes or so every day, whether it's just like doing a quick yoga practice or rowing or walking around the farm, sometimes running if I feel ambitious. Um, but that's kind of a, that's kind of a new thing. Um, I used to work out all the time um, when I was living in Boston because I played semi-pro Australian rules football. Um, so I was constantly running <laughs> back then, but um, not so much since moving here. Um, so I'm just kind of trying to reestablish that habit. And then um, before I start my workday, which is usually around 8, 8.30, <clears throat> I just sit down and I do a, grat a gratitude journal. Um, and I actually thank, um, I thank God for uh, everything that I have, but also for things that I want, right? Um, and that I want to bring into reality. Um, and so I just thank him for, you know, the manifestation of my desires. Um, and, uh, then I start my work day and, uh, I didn't always do that. <laughs> there was a long period of time where I would roll out of bed and, um, quickly brush my hair and brush my teeth and like start my day all within like 15 minutes, my work day. Um, and I, I hated I hated everything <laughs> when that was the case, right? Um, so I knew I needed to be more intentional in my mornings, and, and that's been a habit for 2018 that I've been working on. Mm. Um, and it, everything has gotten a lot better, actually, surprisingly, when I started doing that. So it's been good. Yeah, it's surprising how I, I'm the same way. I used to hate having a routine, but now that mm. I have one, it's like changed my outlook on the day. Yeah, yeah, for real. When I don't do it, I feel like weird. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Right. I don't. I don't always do it on the weekends, and I'm like, right. No, oh, I didn't journal, or I didn't, you know, meditate, right. or I didn't, you know, whatever. Right. Like, right. And it's funny because like journaling used to be my nemesis, right? Like <laughs> I hated journaling. I thought it was the most pointless thing in the world. I'm a much more like action oriented person. So I wanted to do, 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 do. And I just like, now I kind of don't recognize this person who likes to pull out her journal and write things in it. Um, and I, it took me really like figuring out what worked for me in terms of journaling. Um, you know, cause I tried different like suggestions from people like journaling with prompts and, journaling through like um, blocks and journaling um, as like a as like a, a morning pages type of thing um, so I kind of just had to like figure out what my preferred combination of those things was um, and now I can't yeah like you said I can't kind of can't imagine my life without it mm. yeah that's so true so what would be one piece of advice that you would give uh, a newbie entrepreneur listening to this. One thing you would tell her, hey, this is what I would do if I was in your shoes. Don't make these mistakes or, you know, something like that. Um, that's, an, that's a hard question, but an easy question too, <laughs> right? Um, it's hard because it's so individualized for people, but it's easy because I feel like there's only one true answer for it, right? And like that might sound like a really cocky thing to say, but um, the one thing I would tell you to do is to trust yourself, mm -hmm. right? Like you know what you need. Everything you need is inside you already. And I know that sounds like 
a cliche. I know you probably heard Deepak Chopra say it a million times and Oprah and all of those gurus, but literally like you know 100% what you need in order to be successful and it's called your intuition. And when you tap into that, everything changes. And when you start trusting and loving yourself, everything changes. Um, so yeah, if you feel that nudge, go for it because that's, that's your God, you talking to you, you know, like that is your, that's your higher self talking to you. Do you feel like your intuition is what you led you to what you're doing now? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And I wanted to deny it. Um, you know, all my stories and beliefs told me that I could never achieve like my financial goals, like doing this. Um, you know, my social programming told me I couldn't achieve what I wanted to achieve in life doing this. Um, and I realized afterwards that like, even just saying yes to coming to look at this farm, even just the simple act of saying like, I don't want to sell the goats yet to the hundreds of people that approached us, you know, after my dad died about buying the genetics that he had, um, you know, just like that simple act. I didn't know why I said no. I, you know, the easy thing would have been to just continue like to sell and be done with it. And my mom would continue to live in New Jersey and I would continue to live in Boston and build my life there. And that would have been the, the straightforward, easy thing to do. And it would, would have been the, the, the thing that made sense at the time. But literally just like listening to the little voice that said, no, I don't want to sell. Um, and then seeing where that breadcrumb led me, I always found the next breadcrumb. And I think that's the, I think that's the key message, right? Like just yeah. look for the next breadcrumb. Yeah. You don't need to see the whole trail. Just look for the next one. Hmm. I love that. It's so true. Sometimes <laughs> it's, we can't, we get bogged down in trying to see this whole big picture and all you need to do mm -hmm. is just kind of follow that trail and just trust that it's leading you in the right direction. Yes, absolutely. And, and that trust is hard, right? Yeah. It's hard to trust because it feels unsafe. It feels, it feels stupid sometimes. It feels like you're doing something that like is going to harm you, right? That's mm -hmm. like our fear mind talking, but at the same time, like, literally just focus on that one next breadcrumb. Mm. That's great. So yeah. if people want to find you and learn more about coming to do a retreat at Rhino Acres, where can they find more about you? Uh, so it's real easy. Um, you can go <laughs> to our website. <laughs> um, it's www.rhinoacres.com. Um, you can find us on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, the profiles are both Rhino Acres, um, or soon to be on Pinterest. <laughs> that profile is also Rhino Acres. Um, so you can kind of find us everywhere. Um, yeah. And if you are interested at all in coming to check out the space or like hosting your own retreat here, um, you know, that's what we do. We love it. And it's just, uh, it's just so much fun. So it is. You guys fun. need to come join <laughs> them for this beautiful place. Oh my goodness, um, yeah. And go check it out before it blows up into like the coolest thing ever that everybody wants to go to. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yes and amen, she says to that. <laughs>
<laughs> awesome. Yeah, definitely come check it out before we get cool, guys. Because yeah. like, you know, it's gonna happen. It um, is. Yeah. No, I'm so stoked about it. Um, it's it's really great. And thank you for having me. This was yeah. so much fun. Um, yeah, this has been great. I'm so glad to. I love not only having people I haven't met before, but people I am already friends with. Just because mm-hmm. I just I don't know. It's a different level of talking about stuff. Oh yeah, for real. Um, and then, like, I feel like I even learn about you, even though you lead the conversation. Like, how you ask questions has been really interesting to me. So, oh, well, that's well, we'll discuss that more another time. <laughs> oh no, thanks well, for having thank me. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, I'll talk soon. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.